This is Canvas, a show all about iPad productivity. My name is Fraser Spears, and I'm joined, as always, by Federico Vitici. Hello, Fraser. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm doing great. It's been a it's been a busy week. Been doing a bunch of research. I've uh, been using mm-hmm. my iPad a lot, and in fact, it's quite topical. I've been using my iPad a lot lately with my Apple Pencil. Okay. Um, which I think we want to talk about today. Yes, I think it's time. I think it's time we uh pull that one out of the pencil case and start using it a little bit more in the show. So I, I feel like um, you you and I, we come from different backgrounds in terms mm-hmm. of the use of pen and paper. Because I feel like I haven't touched like actual pens and paper since I left high school 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think you're more exposed maybe to still using notebooks, pens, pencils, like the physical ones, because of your day job. Is, yeah, do you think this I, is accurate? It certainly is. I mean, I think in, in education, one of the things that we haven't achieved, even with, you know, what is it now? So like seven years of iPad in school is really getting rid of paper, you know. And I think, I'm not saying that is necessarily a valuable goal. I mean, I, I'm not a fundamentalist in that either way. I mean, personally, I prefer to be paperless uh, and I do quite a lot to, to personally be paperless, but I'm not, it's not something I've ever tried to really force on the school as such. Um, and certainly when it comes to like writing exams and things later on in your school years, like nationally, all of that still happens on paper. So we still have to have a very mixed uh, situation in, in school. So yeah, I'm, I'm still with the pens and the paper and the, the printers and everything mm. as well. And and I feel like um, there are many people um, like you and me that are actually dreaming of this sort of magical fusion of paper and the digital lifestyle, you know, of being able to easily scan paper to turn it into documents and to be able to kind of put the iPad at the center of this kind of workflow. And if you look at the, if you look at the iPad history, um, you know, it famously launched, uh, you know, as a as an evolution of of iOS and the iPhone, where Steve Jobs said, "If you if you see a stylus, they blew it." Uh, and for many years, we thought Apple is never going to do a stylus. And whereas other companies actually explored the field, you know, before Apple got into the same area with the Apple Pencil, uh, I, I used to buy a lot of styli for for my iPad, like the I think it was called the Adonit, maybe the Jot Pro, something. Yeah. Um, I used to have a bunch sound, of those. Sound effects coming, right? I'm going into my drawer right now, and I have such a one <laughs> right beside me here. Is that um, is that a is dra- that a, is that an <laughs> army of styli? <laughs> it's, it's a graveyard of styli. It's, what it's, it is. It's graveyard. Uh, it's in just that, in resting drawer there. Is a, and I done it. I never know Jot Pro. Um, yes. And a Jot Script, I think it was called the Jot and, Script. Um, oh my god! The, the yeah. pencil by Fifty Three as well. You remember that one as well? Um, oh but yeah. These devices all had such uh, the the. Evernote one was a little better, but you know I always felt weird with that kind of metal tip grinding on the, uh, the iPad screen. But you know, so many of those style I had, like, you know, it's like writing with the end of a rubber glove, you know, with that big sort of rubbery tip. And, you know, it was, it was more like writing with a with a whiteboard marker or something to think about uh, mm-hmm. pens from my day job. You know, it was more like marking or inking on something rather than actually writing. Yes. Uh, as such, you know. Yeah, man. As a quick aside, Fifty Three never had good luck in terms of names because first they got paper <laughs> stolen from Facebook, yeah. and then they got the pencil from Apple. It just you know these guys yeah. with with their names. Uh, great company, but pencil just, or something. Yeah, 
Yeah, great company, but really bad luck with mm. you know naming stuff. Um, yeah. These accessories before the pencil, they got the job done mostly, I think. Uh, but you know, they they were mm. sort of affected by these problems. Which uh, go, you know, they come down to the basic issue of they they couldn't have the kind of tight, deep integration with iOS software and and hardware that Apple would eventually do with the Apple Pencil. And so yeah. even, you know, despite the best efforts from these companies, they were never quite there, you know, in terms of performance or, you mm-hmm. know, the drawing engine or, you know, support for pressure and, you know, sensitivity or tilt, yeah. for instance. And there, there were even some things like in the iPad architecture itself, like the fact that there was more of a space between the cover glass and the LCD mm-hmm. On mm-hmm. older devices, you know, like iPad 2 and, and even the original iPad made it h- even just visually hard for the user to be precise about connecting two points with a stylus type type item. So um, those are the kind of things that have been fixed in recent iOS devices. You know, the iPad Pro has got a much, uh, much thinner gap between the, the, the cover of the screen and, and the LCD and things like that. So you, th- there's changes in the I- iPad hardware as well that have made that a whole lot easier to, to yeah. be precise about. Yeah, for example, with the with the iPad Pro, uh, Apple doubled the refresh rate of the screen from 120 hertz to 240. So it's basically doubled the the times that the uh, iOS software can monitor, you know, can scan the screen for touches. So when you drag, you know, if, uh, the pencil uh, across the screen. Uh, the performance of the of the ink that appears in the in the UI is so smooth and so fast because iOS when it detects the pencil it can say to the system okay you need to monitor touches and you need to monitor this tip uh, you know flowing across the screen uh, across the screen at you know twice the number of times that you normally would with a finger uh, just because there's an expectation of users being more precise with the with the with the Apple pencil instead of you know just <laughs> sloppily drawing around their fingers. Yeah, um, yeah. And and this is also part of some changes that Apple did with iOS 9. Uh, so two years ago, when they rolled out these uh, new APIs uh, at the time called the Coalesced and Predictive Touches, where um, it was easier for an app to sort of uh, receive all of this touch input uh, information uh, from the screen and also to kind of predict where the user would go next when you know moving with the apple pencil uh, and those apis contribute to the beautiful performance that you get in apps such as procreate for example or apple notes um so there are you know many uh i don't want to say proprietary but apple obviously went with a very custom approach here they built the ipad pro with the pencil in mind and they built the apple pencil just for the ipad so the two you know the two devices are dependent from each other they could the the apple pencil couldn't exist anywhere else and you know ipad software has been built just to truly take advantage of the apple pencil yeah so it's it's very much a hardware software combination both inside the ipad inside the pencil and in ios to make the whole thing work you know it's not it's not just a stylus that happens to work in the ipad you need to have an ipad pro for a start and that is of course one of the features that makes an ipad Pro and iPad Pro is support for the Apple Pencil because you can certainly buy iPads even today that don't have support for the Pencil. So it's uh, something to bear in mind if you're thinking about which device to get as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've, I've been using the Apple Pencil more 
lately. Um, I sort of rediscovered the pleasure of classical note taking. Uh, I want to say like handwriting and that type of stuff. But um, uh, we're going to talk about some of the features that we're looking for in uh, note taking apps that take advantage of the Apple Pencil today. And we're taking a look at many apps. I, I downloaded about a dozen in the past couple of weeks. Um, I did an article on Mac Stories about uh, one of them, which is uh, Notability. We're going to talk about it today as well. Uh, but before we, we get to the apps, um, I wanted to quickly mention, I bought this um, case slash stand for the Apple Pencil. Uh, it's made by Belkin, and I think it's actually called the Belkin Stand Plus case it's a very obvious name um and it, and it sounds like you you know when you hear a pencil stand it doesn't make much sense but when you think about it it's this little case uh it's a hard plastic case you put the pencil in and there's also room for an extra tip or or the magnetic cap uh it's very you know it's very uh unassuming it's it's a white plastic case with a with a hard gray with a dark gray cover um and that's very useful to kind of carry the pencil around instead of leaving it you know just in your bag uh at the risk of losing the cap for example uh so it's very convenient to just put the pencil in and and you take it with you but it also doubles as a stand. There's a little hole in the at the top of the of the case. When when you're working at your desk, you can just put the pencil in and it stays upright. It's sort of like one of those pen holders for actual <laughs> pens. For, for like a quill pen, as if you're you know in a Dickens novel or something like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that lawyers, for some reason, lawyers <laughs> have that kind of that kind of setup. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and it's very convenient because when I'm working on my desk and I'm researching or taking notes and I'm using the pencil, uh, even if the pencil has been as a, as a weight inside so it doesn't completely roll off your table, um, sometimes it does and I don't want to have things moving. Uh, so I just put the pencil in, it stays upright, it stays firm, and it's very convenient to grab when I, when I want to quickly annotate something. So it's... Uh, you know, this case, I almost wish that Apple made one. And I wish that Apple made one with a with an option to to have charging built in. I, I basically would love to see a battery for the pencil that is also a case, that is also a stand. So three things in one. Uh, I should be I should be I should be an Apple designer and make yeah, my own maybe stuff. Maybe you, you take the cap off and you stand the pencil upside down with the, the lightning <laughs> connector. Oh man, imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Um, so yeah, I think that's, you know, there's not a whole lot else to say about the Apple Pencil. I mean, that's one of the things that I kind of love about it is that it's such a sort of singular thing and you just connect it and it works. But the, the only thing to mention, this is something that we, we sometimes see people doing in school. Some of our kids have got um, Apple Pencil and if you have multiple iPads for whatever reason, you can actually, it's very easy to pair the Apple Pencil with another iPad. There's not a lot of ceremony to it. You just put the lightning connector into the other iPad and the pairing dialog comes up and you say pair and that's it done. And to switch it back to the other iPad, you just plug it into that iPad and say pair and you're done. So moving between multiple iPads is actually very, very easy. And we've debated, but we haven't done it yet in school, uh, possibly like getting a class set of Apple pencils, maybe for the art classroom, maybe for maths, where anybody could pick up a pencil, pair it to their iPad for that period, hmm. use it, and then leave it in the classroom and, and somebody else could come in and use it next hour. Uh, that would be perfectly possible with Apple Pencil. You should get like a basket 
of Apple pencils. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, just like Easter Bunny who just run about just, throwing out just Apple pencils. walk around the class with the basket. Hey, <laughs> hey guys, pick up a pencil. Get your <laughs> like popcorn, 200 get your of them. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, but definitely, you know, the, the easy pairing actually ma- would make it possible. You know, just plug it in and you're good to go. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's interesting if there were ever to be like a large iPhone that had pencil support. Mm. Which is not out of the question, you know, an iPhone plus size device with, with pencil support might be quite attractive. Or maybe like a mini iPad Pro, like an even mm-hmm. smaller iPad Pro, I don't know. Yep. Um, so let's talk about not taking apps and sort of what are the features that we expect from from a note taking app with the with the with support for the Apple Pencil? Yeah, so I think this is one of these areas which is, you know, up to very recently, well, up until the release of the Apple Pencil, it was like, can we possibly make, you know, handwriting note-taking work on the iPad? And now we absolutely can. We're sort of just coming out that other side of, wow, this actually works. And now we're looking at, well, what makes for a really good handwriting experience on the iPad? So there's a few things that I, I thought we would maybe just talk about before we talk about specific apps. Uh, what are we looking for in an app that lets us take handwritten notes? And, and I think above and beyond everything else, Federico, the number one thing is like, how good is the inking engine? Oh, is yes. it fast? Is it responsive? Is it smooth? Um, does it track the pencil without noticeable lag? That's critical for accuracy. Um, and, and as good as the pencil and the hardware combination is, you do notice the more of these apps you look at that some do a better job than others of coping with uh, lagging the pen input. Um, and some are almost perfect, barely distinguishable from an actual pen. Uh, and some occasionally have a noticeable lag. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the worst, actually, is iTunes U, where in, in the hand-in view for teachers, you can actually use your Apple Pencil to mark the paper. But it has just appalling lag, and, and it is almost unusably bad, uh, which is bizarre considering that Apple are the people who make the Apple note syncing engine, which is, is far, far better. Um, so lag is, is very important, and also like, the quality of the ink and the quality of the lines and so on. Yeah, I really like apps that um, try to even make your handwriting a little better by smoothing mm-hmm. out curves and lines. Uh, I think there are, there are some apps that really do a good job here. And on the, on the opposite end, there are some apps that still have that kind of blurry, jaggy sort of ink engine, which I really don't like. Um, there's a few apps that I, on the iPad Pro screen, the, the ink was really blurry, like it wasn't even retina uh, resolution. Yeah, it's like they're doing a very naive thing where they just take the raw input from the sensor and draw it on the screen. But in fact, you need to do a little bit of sort of interpolation and smoothing mm-hmm. and things to make it really uh, what you intended as you put that input in. The next thing, Federico, that I think is important for uh, a note-taking app is, you know, if you get into this, you're going to take a lot of notes. So and the next question I look at is, what's the kind of organizational metaphor for these things? Mm. And um, some of some... Uh, note-taking apps use a sort of vertical scrolling page as if you're using like a continuous feed printer or something like that. Um, And other ones use a Mm -hmm. side-to-side, like it's more like a notebook. Um, And some have just a kind of large canvas and and it's up to you how you deal with that space. Um, I don't know if you have any preference. I I tend to prefer vertically scrolling ones just because I can kind of keep going and keep going and keep going. But depends what you like. I think I, I, I... I'm sort of torn about this because uh, my dream app would be a single canvas where I can just keep going and make, you know, my own handwritten notes and kind of conceptual maps. Uh, but also 
for some other tasks, I uh, I prefer the horizontal pages uh, because I prefer to swipe, you know, horizontally rather than uh, scrolling uh, between pages. Uh, I feel like the horizontal page approach kind of makes my brain think of uh, notebooks and pages as sort of like a grid rather than a really long page, but like yeah. multiple yeah. pages on a grid. I think that I also appreciate that. Yeah, I think the story of this episode, Federico, is going to be like every app's got one feature we like and nothing's got all of the features we like. Uh, that's certainly my feeling about note-taking apps. <laughs> um, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, especially in a, an educational environment, um, mm-hmm. sort of, I think audio recording for a lot of people is a big deal, especially if you're a student and you want to take notes during class. I, yeah. I guess that being able to record audio and to kind of have the audio clip in the note that you're taking is important. But also some apps, um, I believe they, they, they can synchronize the audio recording with the handwriting on screen. So later mm-hmm. you can replay uh, the audio with the notes that you're actually jotting down on the iPad. Yeah, yeah. so you can kind of replay the creation yeah. of the note along with the audio at the same time. Um, I've seen this in a couple of apps. Um, Microsoft's OneNote has audio recording, but bizarrely, what it does is when it's recording, you can't write on the note, right? So that's not very useful for your lecture scenario where you're trying to record the audio and write at the same time. Notability actually, I think, does one of the better jobs in this where um, it will record the audio and it will also be able, it will play back the creation of the note as the recording plays, uh, which is really nicely done. But my there's a slight problem, and I don't think there's really any way around this, but as you're writing with your hard-tipped Apple Pencil on the screen, you can sometimes get like tapping noises coming through on the audio because you're just contacting the screen oh, yes. <laughs> with the tip of the pencil and that just sh- that that vibration goes through the body of the device and into the microphone as well. So um, there's not a whole lot you can do about that unless you just practice drawing very, very gently as you go. Yeah, you should uh, use the pencil very softly on the yeah. iPad Pro screen. <laughs> Wrap it in cotton wool or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the next big one, I guess, it's uh, how you can integrate um, handwritten notes on the screen with text, you know, typed from the keyboard. And a lot of apps let you um, mix and match, you know, uh, handwriting with text boxes. Like you, you can uh, handwrite with a the pencil, then you can uh, make a separate area of the page and say, I want to type here. Uh, for example, in... Um, uh, I believe in Notability as a freeform kind of approach where you can uh, handwrite and then you can also tap to select and start typing. Other apps, I think like uh, GoodNotes, for example, uh, you have to create a text box. And so on the page, you say, I, I want to type here and you're limited to this specific area of the page. Uh, yeah. And there are also yeah. other apps like Apple Notes, which do something completely different, which is basically two separate modes. Um, so in Apple Notes, you yeah, you're either you're looking at two different apps, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Basically, in Apple Notes, uh, a sketch is effectively an image attachment. Uh, so when you enter sketching mode, you can sketch. There's a bunch of tools which we're going to talk about. But then when you're done, the sketch becomes an attachment to the note. So if you want to type, you type in the note. If you want to view the sketch again, you tap the sketch, and you're into a separate mode. Uh, so it, you know, depending on what you're looking for, uh, it's something worth keeping in mind. Yeah, I, th- I think your experience will be, you know, 
am I freely mixing typing and drawing? You know, for example, if, if you're note-taking style, I, I'm quite fast at typing, so I'll type down most of the content I want, but then I have to go to the pencil for, you know, drawing a diagram or something. So maybe that's your lecture note-taking style or whatever. Uh, it's primarily text with a little bit of drawing, whereas in another app, you might lean towards something like GoodNotes. If your note-taking style is primarily pencil-based, and then you occasionally want to type a piece of text in, at the side. So the balance there is probably a little bit more about how do you like to take notes rather than which one is necessarily better as such. Next thing I want to mention, Federico, is to think about what's the user interface for swapping between tools? Because particularly on the 12.9-inch iPad Pro, one of the things is like if the tools are at the top of the, of the screen uh, and you're writing away and you've made your way down to the bottom, you tend to have to make quite a big leap to reach up and target that tool and then come back and change, you know, change pen color or whatever. And what I've kind of found with a lot of these uh, iPad apps is that I'm not really satisfied with any of them because all of them are, are very much from like the old school Photoshop way of there's a tool palette and you choose between them uh, and then you, you put your input in. But I'd really like to see some developers start to make that a bit more fluid, maybe a bit more gestural, a bit quicker to do rather than just, you know, select from a tool palette, do some input, change the tool, do some other input, particularly on the big device where you're, you're going to reach, you know, some distance further to, to reach those tools. Yeah, I'm thinking of something like, I don't know if you've seen the video or some review, uh, for the Microsoft Surface Dial, you know, the little puck mm -hmm. that you mm -hmm. put on the screen and it opens this radial menu, sort of contextual to the accessory. And I wonder if maybe one of the problems on the iPad is that the Apple Pencil uh, cannot engage, at least at the moment, cannot engage any special mode. So if you if you're using iOS and you you know you have a pencil, you can actually use the pencil as a replacement for your finger to control the interface. Uh, Apple tried to make a, a change last year um, with a beta of iOS nine, I think. Some some people were less than happy about that. Some I mean. some people on this very <laughs> network <laughs> were not really happy with the change. So Apple went back and you know sort of said, okay, we're, we're going to let users navigate the iOS interface with the pencil. But then I wonder if maybe this creates another problem, which is we cannot have any special feature or any special menu, for example, uh, that opens contextually to the pencil because it still can be used as a replacement for the finger and we don't want to make any custom menus for that. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how this is all going to play out, but I think there's definitely something that could be done with, you know, if you're, say you're right-handed or left-handed, it doesn't matter, but you're holding the pencil in your dominant hand and then your non-dominant hand is sort of there, mm -hmm. possibly able to do something, but because everything's kind of tends to be at the top toolbar, then that's not really very, you know, you're going to go across your working space to reach that with your other hand. Whereas if... Maybe there was a way that your your other hand could touch two fingers and that would bring up a radial menu while your right hand, if you're right-handed, holds the pencil. You know, if you could work it with a bit more with two hands, I think there's there's maybe some opportunities there to do some interesting stuff. Yeah, and, and I think some some apps already try to kind of maybe compensate for that uh, by using gestures, right? Yep. So the the um this is a, a thing that's in Notability's got it, and also the drawing app Procreate, which we're not going to talk about tonight, but that's a, a really nice app in its own right. Um, these are sort of pen-based gestures for tidying up the drawing. And, and typically what it is, is if you draw a freeform line and you pause with the pencil down at the end of the line, what will happen is it will snap to a straight line. And then 
you're able to reposition the free end of the line. Uh, and Notability in particular can do things like um, it can snap the line to increments of 90 degrees and 45 degrees, but it can also connect the line to another line. So see you're drawing a box, you draw the top stroke, snap it to straight and let go, and then you raise up and draw the side. Um, it will actually, con- if you do it close enough, it will actually connect the two ends. And Notability also has this amazing feature where um, it actually brings up like the magnifier loop just like the keyboard, um, uh, above your pencil point, so you can very precisely position the end of that line uh, around about where you want it to be. So that's that's a nice kind of alternative to having to like switch between a freehand pen tool and a straight line drawing tool, which is kind of an old, I feel it's a bit of an old-fashioned way of doing things, whereas just having different little gestures on the canvas with the pencil, uh, I think that there's potential there to do some really interesting things with that. Mm. Something that a few apps do with them, maybe it was more uh, important before the Apple Pencil came out, uh, is the zoomed writing area. So um, in a few apps, including GoodNotes, uh, you can you basically can uh, have the ability to magnify a portion of the page and it allows you to write a large size that is then scaled down to fit on, uh, you know, on paper. You know? And this is usually handy... Um, you know, it used to be it used to be essential, really, with the styli that came before the pencil with these large tips that couldn't be precise enough. Um, but I I I don't want to say that this feature is useless now because I can see how writing a large size in the into the zoomed area can still be useful if you want to have really tiny handwriting on some I don't know like engineering type of paper template, for example. Uh, but I, I, I don't think it is essential anymore. Yeah, the, the, there's such a massive increase in precision with the Apple Pencil. I, I don't feel that feature is as important. I mean, I the app that I use most notability certainly has that feature, but I almost never engage it anymore because the Pencil is, in fact, precise enough to do that now. S- something else that I, that I also appreciate um, is the automatic shape recognition. Um Office and, Om- and Omnigraffle, for example, on iOS, uh, have this feature. Uh, when you when you s- draw with your pencil uh, a shape-like figure, such as a square or a circle, uh, these apps allow you to usually activate a setting that says, when we recognize a shape, do we do you want the app to make it an actual geometric precise shape for you? Uh, and usually this works pretty good because I think it's a native iOS API uh, in, I don't know which framework, honestly, but I remember that when OmniGraffle first uh, rolled out the feature, which is also in OneNote, which is also in GoodNotes now, for example, um, it used to be because Apple made this change. And I personally find it quite convenient when I'm, when I'm for example, putting together a mind map by hand, not by using MindNote or iThoughts, and I can draw squares or rectangles uh, that are not as terrible as my handwritten one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a nice feature just if you are trying to sketch out maybe like a wireframe design or something uh, to have it look just a little bit more polished than than what you can do just purely by hand as well. Uh, Federico, another feature that I look for in these apps and some of my colleagues in, in other departments in the school look for a lot is the ability to change or customize the mm, kind of background yes. paper on the note. Yes. Um, there's there's lots of things that you, reasons you might want this. Uh, and, and the two types of paper that most apps support are ruled paper and uh, squared paper for mathematical stuff. But some apps let you create and import your own as well. 
Um, and some have things like music notation paper as well. So some of my music teacher colleagues are, who have just moved to iPad Pro are kind of getting into uh, the possibility of using the Apple Pencil to like you know sketch out their own their own music or just you know have it there as something else to you know just use on an ad hoc basis in the classroom. You know I'm going to draw four notes, tell me what they are, or sing these notes or whatever, uh, and that's quite a useful way to work as well. Um, other other apps that let you import your own. Uh, let you do things like if you know the Cornell note taking system, for example. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, but, no, I'm but, not. Um, it's a, a kind of a methodology for taking notes in a spoken word situation, okay. like a lecture, where uh, you divide the page into a, a number of templates uh, or a number of areas rather. So you've got a heading at the top, you've got and the middle half of the page, I would say, is divided into one quarter and three quarters where in, in the three-quarter section, you you write your handwritten notes and then you use the, the left-hand quarter to bring out um, key points at each section so you can quickly scan down that side. And then the bottom quarter of the page is a space that you use just to write a summary of what you've taken notes about on that mm-hmm. page. So it, it, it's a specific layout template that you would use for that technique. And, uh, you know, it's typically not something that's supported in uh, native paper designs, but some of the better apps let you, you know, find a PDF and bring that in and use that as your paper background for, for multiple pages. So in, in any app, you could bring in a PDF version and write on top of it, of course, but the better apps would let you turn that into an actual page format so that you don't have to constantly keep importing it every time you want a new page in your note. I feel like we should mention a bunch of other features. Um, that are also that we're looking for when we're testing note-taking apps, such as, for example, how can you organize your notes? What kind of tools do you have to organize notes? Do you have folders? Do you have notebooks? Uh, can you make custom covers for notebooks if you want to have, you know, like multiple uh, notebooks for different types of, cover, of of notes, such as personal or business or travel? Also, can you... Um, what kind of sharing formats do you have? Can you share an entire page as a PDF or an image? Can you share an entire notebook as a, as a collection of pages in a PDF? Or does the app use a proprietary format uh, that you know forces you to use only that kind of app? Also, does the app have maybe a desktop version so you can move back and forth between, uh, between the two of them? And, you know... Uh, as a teacher, I guess, you, Fraser, you're also looking for the mirroring options. So when you want to yeah. mirror what's on the iPad screen uh, versus what the students see on, on a whiteboard, for example. Yeah, some people particularly look for uh, the ability to project the, the writing canvas without showing the user interface of the iPad at the same time. Right. Um, and, and that's something that some apps, uh, Goodreader is particularly strong in that. Notability doesn't do that at all, for example. I, I don't personally care about that too much, but some, some people like to have it more of a performance, if you like, um, and, and less about the fact that I'm using an iPad. I'm, I'm not too precious about that. Um, but one of the cool features that uh, GoodNotes has is when you, when you zoom into an area, you can actually freeze the external yeah. display with the area you were currently looking at, and then you can pan and, and scale and write somewhere else on the page, uh, but the students don't see anything different, and then you can unlock that freeze and move over somewhere else. So that's quite a neat trick, and I know I know one or two colleagues in education who really almost depend on that feature to make their lectures work correctly. Um, I'm, I'm not so kind of uh, wedded to that feature, but I, I can see the value in it as well. I should also mention... Um you know, some things to consider if the if an iPad app also has an iPhone version, so if you can access your notes on the iPhone as well, 
notability, for example, as an, as an iPhone version that syncs with the iPad, syncs with the Mac, so you can access your notes everywhere. Of, of course, you won't have Apple Pencil support on the iPhone, so maybe you can use it as a viewer instead uh, so to check on the notes yep. that you've already synced and created on other devices. And speaking of sync, uh, you know, some people want iCloud, other people want Dropbox. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely, you know, try to understand what kind of service do you want to use. Uh, keep in mind that if you use Dropbox, you usually have some benefits such as, you know, you can uh, you can re- easily restore deleted files, you can browse versions, but usually these apps, they keep their libraries in a proprietary database format. So I don't know if versions are really that useful when it comes to Dropbox and note-taking apps. And finally, there's something that I, that I want to quickly talk about, which is uh, these apps that allow you to have multiple content types on the same page. Um, some apps, like, like we mentioned, are limited to text and drawings at the same time. So you can have handwritten text and typed text. Uh, but others also allow you to put multiple files and data types on the same canvas. So you can have uh, handwritten text, uh, text that you type into keyboard, some images, maybe video thumbnails, maybe PDF attachments. For example, OneNote in this regard, I think it's the best one because it lets you truly put anything you can think of on the same canvas. You can even put a shortcut to a file picked from a document provider and you can put a little thumbnail on the page. Uh, when you open that, there's going to be a quick look preview. So th- that's very nice. Uh, and I feel like, as I mentioned, my ideal app would be this infinite canvas where you can you can put anything you can think of, whether it's a Safari web page or a document or an image, some text. Uh, really, my 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 dream note-taking app, I think, is a mix of OneNote and Scapple, which is, Scapple is this little-known app from Literature and Latte, which is the same developers of Scrivener. Uh, it's a Mac app. I don't know how much work they put into it still, but it's, uh, you know, it's it's always kind of piqued my interest as a, this infinite canvas where you can just put anything you can think of. Uh, my problem with OneNote um, which I'm also going to mention later, is that it doesn't really feel that native to iOS or to the iPad. It just feels like a Windows app on the iPad. Um, but definitely, you know, keep in mind, if you're looking for a note-taking app that can mix and match different content types, um, keep in mind that most apps are limited to text in two formats and images. OneNote tends to be the richest one. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, Federico, before we dive into individual apps and discussion of each of those, let me tell you about our sponsor for tonight. This is a company that has sponsored us before, and they're back again, because this episode of Canvas is brought to you by SaneBox. Now, email can be a crushing thing, as almost all of us know. Probably everybody listening here has something they hate about the email that they get or the features of the app that they use. But SaneBox is here to kind of help bridge those gaps and solve those problems. One of the things you can do with email is just delete everything. All of our email goes to the same place and it all looks the same, but wouldn't it be nice to just clear it all out? But you can't. There's important stuff in there, things you need to deal with, but it just looks the same as all the junk. So wouldn't it be good if your email could be pre-sorted before it even hits your inbox so that the stuff that lands there is only the stuff you actually need to see? And that's what SaneBox does. It sorts through your email, moves all the trivial stuff to a different folder so only the messages in your inbox are the ones you actually want to see. And the great thing is it works on top of your current setup with any app. All the same box magic happens before you even see your email. 
And aside from moving all the junk you can, so you can focus on the messages that matter, there's also this great feature called the black hole. You just move an email into that folder and you never hear from the sender again, just like magic. You can set up email reminders, you can follow up on messages later on, you can snooze email to deal with it later, all of those things. Now Federico, I know that you uh, are a big fan of Sanebox, so let us know how that's working out for you. I love Sanebox. I've been using Sanebox for the past, I want to say more than six months at this point. Um, and I and I keep it, uh, you know, on all my devices. The best part about Sanebox is that if, if you're like me and you like to switch between multiple email clients, especially on iOS, because there's a lot of different email apps, uh, you know, at this point. Uh, and it's, you know, it's interesting to switch between them. But the best part about Sanebox is that no matter the app I'm using, Sanebox is always there. Um, I, I use Sanebox a lot to mostly to separate between the important stuff that ends up in my inbox and the same later folder, which is where everything else goes. And at this point, after six months of usage, uh, I've trained Sanebox to to kind of separate, you know, my most important contacts from everybody else. So the service was already quite intelligent, but after some usage, it became kind of eerily accurate, I want to say. And I also use the same news folder, which is a folder where I keep all of my newsletters. Uh, so all of the updates and, you know, the like the, the communications from web services that I use, they end up in the same news folder. And this organization uh, lets me... Uh, tackle email depending on what I'm looking for. If I know I need to, you know, I have 20 minutes to go through my my important emails, I'm going to be focusing on the inbox. If I'm in the mood for some newsletters or checking out some updates, I open the same news folder. And when I have more time, I tackle everything else in the same letter uh, folder. And again, the best part is that no matter the app I'm using, it's always there. So I can switch between apps like Newton, for example, or email by easily do airmail apple mail it it doesn't matter it's a it's a server side type of uh, you know feature and uh, it's saving me so much time by letting me letting me process my email the way i want to Yep. So we know that Canvas listeners would love to have a little more email organization in their lives, so we've worked out a great deal on Sanebox for you. Go to sanebox.com slash canvas today and you'll get an extra $20 credit on top of your two-week free trial. You don't have to enter your credit card information unless you decide to buy, so there's really nothing to lose. Check it out today and get your email finally under control at sanebox.com slash canvas. Thanks to Sanebox for sponsoring this show and all of Relay FM. So Federico, talk to me about GoodNotes. So GoodNotes is one of the more popular note-taking apps on iOS. Um, this app is primarily based on handwriting with the with the finger or with the Apple Pencil. And it deals, okay. as I mentioned before, it deals with typing text from the keyboard using text boxes. Um, so you need to separate, you know, uh, when, when you're handwriting and you say, well, I kind of wish I, I could type here, you need to add manually a text box. There's a menu, you type a text box, and then you type into the box. Um, there are also support for adding images in line. So you can pick an image and put it into the, the, the page. The app is organized in notebooks. Each notebook can have a custom cover, um, and inside inside a notebook, there are pages. Pages can have uh, you can switch between multiple paper templates. Uh, each page can have a different template. There's a bunch of categories for default templates, but the best part is you can also make your own. And I have a little story here for you, Fraser. Uh, okay. 
I was testing good notes. I was playing around and I was listening to uh, one of the most recent episodes of Cortex with Mike and CGP Gray. And Gray mentioned that uh, when he went on one of his uh, sort of um, <laughs> uh, quests to find you know, his, his, his vision quests, he, he basically set up good notes in a way that he had a custom note-taking sort of ag- agenda layout. That was interesting to me. So I asked uh, Sylvia, my girlfriend, she's a, she's a designer, and she's pretty good at this stuff. <laughs> uh, I was like, hey, can you make me a custom paper template for Mac Stories related note-taking? So she made me a custom page uh, layout with a kind of uh, ruled paper that wasn't available in the app. And she also put some branding for Mac Stories in a corner. Uh, she saved everything to PDF, and I saved the PDF that she made uh, to my Dropbox. Then in GoodNotes, you can uh, tap on the Options menu. And in the Options menu, there's a there's a, uh, a button called Template Library. When you open that, you get access to the default templates of the app. And you'll notice, you'll notice that there's an edit feature. So when you tap Edit and then you tap Plus, this is kind of hidden, but I think it's done on purpose because you know not everyone wants to import a custom template. But if you open the, uh, the Plus button, you get this file picker and you can say, I want to bring in a custom te- paper template from my Dropbox, which I did. And now my custom Mac Stories not taking page uh, is, uh, is an option in GoodNotes which makes me very happy. And I'm thinking of maybe moving over from notability just because I can easily make these custom templates. And maybe I should ask, I should ask Sylvia to, to make me, you know, a custom template for putting together uh, podcasting notes or uh, like iPad diaries, for example. So there's definitely a lot of potential in, in making your own custom paper template, which can be a PDF or it can be an image. Of course, if you make a, you know, a vectorized PDF, it's going to be scalable. So you won't run into any resolution issues. Yeah, um, that's nice. One of the big uh, draws of GoodNotes, at least for a lot of people, is uh, the unique automatic OCR going on uh, for handwritten text. This is kind of impressive. So when you, when you're writing with the Apple Pencil or with your finger, but of course it's better with the Apple Pencil or other styly. But again, we're going to focus on the Apple one. Um, when you handwrite the app automatically in the background, offline, it does OCR on your text. Uh, it supports about 12 languages, I think, including Italian. So that's very nice. Um, and it basically, it makes your handwritten text searchable and indexed in the app. So even if you have, at least in my experience, I have fairly terrible handwriting, but the app and the and the built-in OCR has been quite impressive. And it can, you know, it, it allows me to search for, uh, you know, stuff that I knew I put in in some note and it lets me find that information. Um, I've been talking to some students and teachers and general heavy users of GoodNotes on Twitter uh, an email for the past couple of weeks, and most of them seem very impressed. And a lot of people said, I use Good GoodNotes just because of this feature that makes it a must-have for me. Now, I don't have hundreds of notes in my in GoodNotes yet because I'm just playing around with it, but I can see how, especially if you're a student, uh, how being able to search your notes for specific terms uh, can be, you know, can be a game-changing, game-changing feature, basically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see how that would be very valuable. Um, a couple of other features that I think are really cool and good notes. I, I already mentioned the one where you can freeze the frame on the projector and then go and write somewhere else on the screen. I think that that is 
As far as I can tell, a unique feature. I don't know of another app that can do that. Uh, and they've done a really nice job of that as well. One thing I like, Federico, in, in that app is, is the spring-loaded eraser. So when, when you select the eraser tool, you can erase one stroke and then it springs back to the pen or, yeah, that's or, um, very nice. that, that you were using before. Um, and that's that's one of those things that I think, you know, more apps need to think about things like that where, you know, I don't, I'm not getting the eraser to take off tons of stuff on the page. I'm usually just doing it to correct something and then go back to, you know, the, the default state, if you like, which is uh, uh, drawing. So some other features worth uh, mentioning about GoodNotes. Uh, there's a, a kind of nice um, page navigator based on thumbnails. Um uh, so when you're into a notebook, you can see, you can tap on a uh, grid button that shows you all of your pages as thumbnail previews. And actually, it's very nice because you can add new pages in between existing ones or at the end. So that's very convenient. And of course, any page, any individual page can have a different template. So, you know, if you want, you can mix and match different styles of note-taking in, into the same notebook. And also very nice is you can create presets for uh, colors and for thickness of your pen um, there's a there's a menu uh, where in the same pop-up you get colors and you get the line thickness and you can tap edit and then you can tap on the color or the preset that you want to change it so you can you can make your own default colors for example I made some uh, because I didn't really like the default ones. Uh, so now I have my own color and line thickness presets, which is very nice. Not a lot of apps uh, do this, actually. So it's a, it's a very nice plus in GoodNotes. Um, I think, you know, uh, the as I said, the basic um, reason why, any, you know, you would want to check out GoodNotes is um, it's very solid. It's been around for several years and it's got this OCR feature uh, that kind of makes it stand out, but also a lot of people appreciate the custom uh, template feature. It's uh, it's not easy to get to, uh, but there's some documentation on the app's uh, website that details how you can create your own uh, paper template. And I think if you're, you know, if you especially if you're a student, takes a lot of notes and needs to be able to search across them, I think GoodNotes is uh, is uh, probably the, the the most powerful app that you can, that you can try right now. Yep, yep. GoodNotes is definitely one of those. Uh when you whenever you bring up this topic, you know it's notability and it's good notes, and people tend to throw out those two as uh, being close competitors to one another. So they're both definitely worth looking at. Um, I was going to talk a little bit about notability, Federico, because that's the one that we use at school. Um, our math department make huge use of notability. They're probably the biggest users. Um, I certainly use it for myself um, as a kind of uh, digital whiteboard. So I'll airplay my iPad up to the Apple TV and just write in Notability and, and that gives me, you know, uh, the ability to record every whiteboard that I use and so on so and make it a PDF later and things like that, which is cool. Uh, Notability kind of has a few key features. I think the, the Ink Engine in Notability is very responsive. It's, it's absolutely one of the best that I've ever used. Uh, it has this great feature where it, it remembers every stroke individually um, and by just touching the eraser you can get rid of the whole stroke so you don't have to fully erase every pixel like it's Photoshop or something. You can just get rid of a stroke by crossing it with the eraser without having to touch every part of it. One of the things I really like about it is that you can restyle a selection after the fact. So if you if you write, say, a word, um, you can then select around it with the pencil and then you can restyle it by changing the line thickness, changing the text color, things like that. So sometimes that's quite good if, you, if you're just writing away and 
it turns out that something you've just written was actually more important than you maybe thought it was, you can just put a circle around it and then change it to red or something. Uh, and that, that's quite useful. But the one that I see kids in school using a lot, particularly in mathematics, is that when you make that selection, you can then resize the selection. You can scale it just by pinching on the selection, which is really, really cool because what I see kids doing a lot is they'll write quite large, as children will do, and then they select it and then they shrink it down and put it in the place where it should go. Uh, particularly if they're maybe annotating a diagram or something, they'll they'll write it large and then they'll select it and then they'll shrink it down and put it in the place uh, on the diagram. So that's a... That's a useful feature, and other apps can do that, but they tend to you know, put a, a boundary around the selection, and then you've got a selection handle, you've got it dragged down, uh, whereas this is just a very fluid gestural thing, uh, and, and I see kids working very, very quickly with that overall, which is, is nice to see. So as we mentioned before, Notability is based on um, this idea of being able to combine both uh, handwritten text, type text with the keyboard, and audio recording, which is synchronized to note creation, but I think you cannot export as video, right? No, that's correct. It has, this is almost a unique feature on, on iOS apps where you can record and record the note creation at the same time. But the, only, the, the way you export that is if you have a recording, you end up with a zip file, which has got a PDF of the note in it and an MP3 of the audio in it. Um, and so that doesn't really survive being exported. Now, Notability, uh, unlike some note-taking apps, it lets you export an individual note in its own file format, so you can, you can then re-import it into another Notability. Now, one of the ways that's used in schools quite often is iTunes U, Apple's learning management system, actually lets you put a Notability file into iTunes U. And I think, for me, that's one of the indicators of when an app is really one in education, is uh, that Apple has support for their file format in iTunes U, because there's not that many uh, formats that are supported there. Um, so that's that's one way you can do that. You could actually record um, a lesson or something in a Notability note, and then you could share it that way with students if you have uh, broad use of that application in your school. So Notability doesn't have uh, a way to create custom paper templates like GoodNotes. Um, I, yeah. I don't think there's, they have support for uh, sort of like a specification for uh, importing custom backgrounds. No, the only way you can do that is to insert a PDF into your note and then write over the top of it. Right. Which which works for on a one-off basis, but it's not as nice as having you know something that will automatically generate multiple pages in the same in in the same format. Right. So the app integrates with Dropbox, um, Google Drive, even Box. Uh, something nice that I noticed when I when I was testing it is you can organize your notes in I think they're called sections and dividers maybe sections and dividers is, is the terminology that you use there yeah um, and and the thing I like about notability in that is that it kind of it doesn't go for like a kind of cutesy skeuomorphic view of you know this is a notebook with a bound mm -hmm. cover and all this yeah. stuff it's like this is actually a computer right and here's a file yes. right and you know we can just do computer things we don't have to make it look like like it's a 1950s American school. Um, and, and that's <laughs> something I can appreciate a little bit about that app. And uh, there's iCloud Sync. So, uh, there's you can, iCloud Sync, yeah. You Very can good keep sync your, as well. Yeah, it's a good sync. You can keep the same notes on the iPhone, iPad, and Mac. And 
again, these folks they've been they've been around for for a very long time. I'm pretty sure they won an Apple Design Award at some point. Maybe if they didn't, they were App of the Year. Either either way, it's a, it's a it's a you know very established, very respected company, uh, and it's been around for a long time. And it's you know I, I had a, an iPad Diaries article about Notability. It's an excellent piece of software, really. Yep. I just want to share with you one workflow because we can't let a show go by without talking about workflow. Um, This is a very simple one that I wrote for for my own use in school, which is just called Annotate Last Screenshot. So what what it does is it it just searches your photos for the last screenshot that you took, converts it to a PDF, and then opens it in Notability. Uh, But Notability does a really nice job of giving you options when you send it a PDF. So basically a little dialogue comes up that shows you a preview of the PDF you just opened, and it gives you three options. One, you can create a new note. You can add it to another note somewhere in the database, or you can add it to the current note that you're looking at. And I think that's the default one. So you just hit that button, and then the screenshot you just took is ready to draw on uh, right in Notability. So it's really nice. You just do a screenshot, uh, pull down the widget view, annotate the screenshot and the next thing you know you're in notability uh, ready to draw on top of that so we'll put a link to that in the show notes but that's, that's very nice that's one that I've, I've been using you know, like all day every day in school for since i wrote it and i'm i'm pretty proud of myself it's not the most complex workflow in the world but it's uh, it solves a very uh, desired problem uh, in in education which is i want to draw on the ipad screen but it doesn't support arbitrary drawing so uh, here's the next best thing yeah makes a lot of sense um I'm going to quickly run through Apple Notes, uh, which doesn't have a lot of feature. It's not a dedicated sketching app. It is a note-taking app with a sketching mode. Uh, But as we mentioned before, the sketches that you create in Apple Notes are limited to that specific interface. As soon as you tap Done, uh, it becomes an image. And even if you share uh, a sketch with a share sheet, it's an image. It's not a PDF. There's no OCR. There's no uh, special search for sketches. Um, but it's really well done. You know, uh, there's uh, five tools that you can choose from: a pen, a highlighter, a pencil, a ruler, and a, uh, an eraser. Uh, there are three color. Uh, combinations, uh, three color palettes that you could choose from. Uh, you cannot create your custom ones. It's all very default and it's all very much chosen by Apple. You cannot customize yeah. anything. Here. You can't even change the line weights of the of the of the tools either, can you? No, you. It's all you know as is <laughs> as it comes. That that's what you can use. But the performance is really good. You know, um, the the representation of the different types of of ink or the, the the pencil or you know the behavior of the ruler for example those are really well done and it's a testament to the performance that went through the Apple pencil on the on and the iPad Pro's uh, display um, it's one of my favorite details of the app for example is the uh, when you activate the ruler uh, tool you can move it around with one finger and you you get this actual kind of skeuomorphic ruler on the screen, but you can also uh, hold down with two fingers and rotate the ruler, uh, so you get these different angles. And then if you hold the ruler with one hand and you draw a line with the pencil next to it, it'll be an automatic straight line. So it's actually like holding a ruler on a page and drawing with the with the with the pen uh, alongside, you know, the ruler. It's it's very impressive. Um, 
And I remember when I was putting together my original review of the iPad Pro, I was like, oh, I was wasting too much time just playing around with that because it's so <laughs> Drawing fun. squares and triangles. Yeah. yeah, pretty much, pretty much, yes. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, Notes is very limited. You know, the performance is amazing. It's very smooth. Uh, but you... Uh, it, it is no good notes. It is no notability. Uh, y- you cannot make any custom things. You can you can only export as an image. It's fine for most people, but if you're looking for a slightly more dedicated, more powerful experience, this is not the app you want to use. It's it's okay for basic sketches for like doing things in thirty seconds, but it's uh it's nothing more than that. Yeah, I think one of my one of my big complaints about Apple Notes in an education context is that because you can't change the line weights of the pen or, or, or the highlighter, um, it's all just far too thin and too faint to be seen on a projected situation. Yeah. Uh, whereas with good notes or notability, you can use a fatter pencil to make it more visible. Apple Notes just doesn't have that kind of flexibility. So it, it's it's not really suitable for, for a teaching situation, but for personal note-taking, it's probably fine. Although the ruler is a, is a very cute, um, technique of, of blending like you know multi-touch fingers and the Apple Pencil together but I, I, I do feel that um, having to place a tool on the canvas and then manipulate it into place and then draw your line is actually quite inferior to the gestural approach that Notability has where you just draw your line and hold it for a second and suddenly you've got that straight line that you can then reposition after you've drawn it as well um, it's just I think that's like the next generation of that rather than having a skeuomorphic ruler on the on the screen having a gesture that gives you effectively the same thing without having to switch modes or, or place a second tool, um, I think is actually, you know, that's the way forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Fraser, tell me why I should, or if I should, consider mm-hmm. OneNote again. Well, a lot of teachers everywhere seem to love Microsoft OneNote. Uh, I mm. slightly suspect that that's because uh, it's the only even vaguely modern application that's made, been made available to them in schools, uh, whereas everything else has got to be Word or whatever. <laughs> um, but it, it comes along with Office 365, right? So that's why mm. schools are getting it. Okay. And and I, I don't blame teachers, right? You know, if all I had was Office and suddenly I got OneNote, I would think I was in heaven, right? But compared to some of these other tools, I uh, tend to think that OneNote is a little bit kind of, hmm... Uh, to its credit, it has a very good and responsive inking engine. It's, it's on a par with Notability. It's on a par with Good Notes and, and Apple Notes in that respect. It has basically a fine pen and a marker pen and highlighter as three basic drawing tools. Uh, and the fine pen and the marker pen are essentially identical, except for the fact that um, the fine pen has has like six preset thicknesses which are all quite from very thin to moderate and then the marker pen has the same setup but it goes from moderate to very fat you know so it's kind of it's the difference between that and a single tool with a a very wide range of widths like you would get in notability Um, it has uh, stroke based erasing same way as as notability does um, but you can't restyle a stroke after you've drawn it in in off in OneNote. Mm. yeah you've got to choose the style before you do that um, does support shape recognition as we mentioned earlier which is yes. a mode that you can toggle on or off you've got to press the button for shape recognition draw your thing and then it'll snap to a square or something like that uh, but one of the things that I liked uh, a little bit more about um, OneNote was that it has a colour mixer for colours and uh, whereas some of these other apps they either have preset palettes like Notability um, or you can make presets uh, but this has an, an actual complete... Uh, the design's a little fiddly. It's like a kind of rotary dial phone with lots of little yeah. color wells and things like that. But it's, it's, it's cute and, and it does the job. So um, you, you can have any arbitrary color you want in there as well. Now, you, you can uh, freely mix 
typing and drawing and attachments and images and even tables and equations. So there's a bit of the kind of Microsoft Word heritage coming through there. And I guess if you were maybe a math teacher or something, you might appreciate it and a bit of an equation editor in there and stuff. But one of my complaints about it is the drawing is modal, right? So you have to switch to the drawing toolbar before you can draw. And then you have to switch to the home toolbar if you want to type. So again, it's got that kind of, you know, one thing or the other, well, kind of like good notes as opposed to notability, which is either I'm typing or I'm drawing and, and it's a wee bit more kind of fluid in that respect. Uh, you're kind of doing, you're doing the drawing or you're doing the typing, but not both at the same time, really. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one of the other things that I think actually helps the scalability of OneNote is that you have a metaphor of uh, multiple notebooks. Each notebook has uh, a tab in it, like a section divider. <laughs> yes. And then inside that, there's like pages, right? <laughs> I mean, no wonder teachers love it, right? Because it looks exactly <laughs> like the thing teachers have used forever. It's very uh, organized. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very skeuomorphic, right? Yeah. It's, uh, divide, it's like a folder with dividers with pages inside. So you've got like that extra level of organization, if you like. Um, and I know some teachers do things like they, they have one notebook for the class and every pupil gets their own tab in the notebook and then everybody works in the one notebook. So it helps the teacher kind of keep all the work together and stuff. So uh, that's quite good. And you can do things like search across all the notebooks and things. Um, and in principle, uh, OneNote does support like sharing a note between people. But I am extremely dubious about its concurrency model because it seems to be based on Microsoft OneDrive, which uh, I don't believe actually is a modern a collaboration platform of the style of Google Docs or something like that. So, I mean, th- this is the kind of platform where you can sometimes get into edit conflicts with yourself, uh, never mind with anybody else as well. Uh, we mentioned note uh, recording while note-taking as well. Um, OneNote does this, but in the most bizarre fashion possible, which is that you, you can hit a recording button, but what happens is like a, a, an interface comes up right across your note that says, now recording, and, and there's a, a little level meter there, and it just sits there. You cannot draw, you cannot type, you cannot do oh, anything no. until you stop the recording. And it's like, why, <laughs> why? is this the most, uh, you know, like, w- why is that a useful feature at all? You know, um, so, I mean... <laughs> You can see it being useful in a situation like, um, you know, I've just written something in French in my school notebook and now I want to record myself speaking it in French as well. Is that kind of thing. It's more maybe for the for the sort of creation of notes to be published. But in a live scenario where you're trying to maybe record something and take a note, yeah. it is worse than useless. It's actively annoying. <laughs> so... Um, whatever you know just and, and it's also sit. not synchronized yeah you you're are supposed, supposed to just to literally sit there. sit there yeah <laughs> watch um <laughs> so so you're not actually taking any notes at that point you're just recording um it's also not obviously not synchronized to note creation because you can't create the note while you're recording either so um it, it's just it's just an audio attachment at the end of the way end of the day and there's also at least on ios there's no obvious way to export the audio now maybe maybe one note on the desktop has a way to do that or something but i couldn't figure out any way on ios to just do that but one thing that OneNote has that I don't think any of the other apps that we've mentioned, apart from arguably Apple Notes has, is the uh, it has a web clipper extension in the share sheet. So if you're in Safari, uh, you want to share a document, OneNote will show up there and you can clip the article uh, and put it right into OneNote and then start you know inking or noting over the top of it or something, which is is, is pretty cool. Um, so it, it, has its, it has its great adherence, don't deny it. I've met almost all of them, right? Um, various teacher meetings and stuff, and they're telling me about how much they love OneNote and they love OneNote and so on. And I get that. But for me, looking at it from the point of view of I'm an iOS user, I can certainly see that there are 
um, at least as good options and probably better options, actually, to be honest with you, in other places. But if all you have is access to 365, um, OneNote is very much a glass of ice water to people in hell kind of situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for that, we should probably give it the respect that it deserves. Yeah, I mean, it does a lot of things. Uh, it has a lot of features and a lot of users, clearly. But I, 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 there's something about it. You know, it doesn't feel completely native to iOS. Maybe it's the Microsoft Ribbon UI. Maybe it's the different font yeah. or the the weird scrolling performance. Or mm -hmm. there's a bunch of details that kind of make it strange to me there's something yeah, about it that, for, for me know. it's the it's the tabs right like, yeah, maybe because i i use like office i use word and i use excel and i use powerpoint and ios and they all feel pretty good as ios apps but OneNote has got the the standard office stuff at the top in purple yeah and then it's got this weird divider design which doesn't match the other d divider design you know the tabs at the top are kind of square and white and blue and then these ones are all kind of purpley and they've got gradients on them and stuff and it's uh it reminds me more of like the tab design from you know mac os 9 back in the day or something like that it's, it's real skeuomorphic tabs yes you know? um and it doesn't it just doesn't even match with itself in this in visual in a visual way you know it's uh for me, that's that's kind of what jars me the most. You know, one of my dreams before we close the show, uh, going back to that idea of the infinite canvas, I almost wish that Apple took a stab at this and kind of, you know, imagining iOS 11, uh, maybe with uh, drag and drop, you know, on the iPad, imagine if you could do anything you want on a single page. Imagine if you could uh, pick a document from a document provider and have a little thumbnail on the page and then around the document, you can circle the file with the pencil. So you can mix and match files and handwritten text. Then you can type, you can bring in images, you can bring in a video and say, I want to make this video a thumbnail or I want to make this video a live preview. So mixing and matching any type of content, I think it kind of goes back to the days of, you know, the old Apple and the Knowledge Navigator, that kind of stuff, you know, to, yeah. to kind of make your yeah. own personal, you know, kind of... Uh, Re yeah. workspace really that's mm -hmm. that's my dream that's my dream maybe yeah. someday yeah. one day i mean I, I think from my point of view there's every one of these apps has got something that we really like um and if we can just get like the feature this from here and that from there and that from there we could build ourselves the one note taking app that we absolutely love mm -hmm. um and i know there will be people listening who um, you know, they love Note Shell for, or they really like PDF Expert for a note-taking tool or whatever. Um, and as usual in this show, Federico, we can't cover every single app that does this, particularly in this area, because there are a lot of options in iOS. We tried to pick out the four that we maybe hear, hear the most about, two that we certainly used very uh, extensively ourselves, um, and, and just try and focus on, you know, that section at the start, like what are we looking for in a note-taking app? Yeah. We're looking for a good quality inking tool. We're looking for export and we're looking for audio recording and we're looking for um, or good organization tools and stuff like that. And we've got a range of options in iOS, all of which are very, very strong. And this is, this is one of these areas, Federico, that I think um, this really shows off iOS in a way that is just way better than a laptop because, you know, you do not have these kind of tools um, on your traditional, you know, macbook Air or whatever uh you can draw a little bit on the trackpad but that's not the point i know there are certainly you know folding back laptops and things but they they do indeed have their own compromises as well and of course microsoft's been making the, the so-called tablet pc for what 15 years now or something like that and uh pen-based computing is an interesting area i think it's something that um, we're certainly seeing more kids in school bringing apple pencil than ever before yep. and yep. for us notability is definitely our 
our one of choice, but I, I know that GoodNotes has a lot of adherence to, and certainly uh, for those teachers who are locked into the Microsoft world, uh, OneNote brings a lot of charms as well for them. So uh, does that sound like a, a show at that point, Federico? I think so. Uh, and and my, my takeaway is that using the Apple Pencil makes me appreciate the iPad Pro even more. Uh, I'm I'm not a huge pen and paper user, but the Apple Pencil makes me appreciate multi-touch and you know the this little accessory and these iPad apps more. It's it's fun uh, even if you're not a pen and paper person. Uh, you should give it a try. You know, if you have an iPad Pro, you, you should totally get an Apple Pencil and kind of check out all of these apps. Uh, because even if I haven't been a pen and paper user for years, just uh, trying to get into this different mindset of I'm sitting down, I have a blank canvas in front of me, I have this pencil, I can think freely, I can take notes, and it's calm and it's relaxing and it's fun. Uh, so it's uh, the Apple Pencil is uh, one of the uh, most surprising additions to the to the iPad for me. Yeah. Are you doing it on the big iPad or do you still have a small iPad as well? No, uh, I use the, I use the big one. Yeah. I use the big use one. The big yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes I kind of fantasize about, you know, having the big one for the work and then uh, <laughs> just, you know, the big one with the keyboard and then a, a small iPad Pro on the side for writing on as well, you know, and um, we do have some spares in school. I might grab one and try that. There are people on this very network <laughs> who do exactly this crazy thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We'll point you to some other shows on that topic. <laughs> okay. So, Federico, we'll leave it there for today. This has been Canvas episode 31, uh, all about note-taking with the iPad, note-taking with Apple Pencil, and some of the key things that we're looking for in note-taking apps. Uh, you can connect with the show on Twitter. We're at underscore Canvas FM. I am Fraser Spears on Twitter, Federico is Vatici, and we look forward to talking to you again on the next show.